inspiration. Turn up the motivation. You're on the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Zig Ziggler wants you to be your best. Welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. Today we are listening to a part of a recording that Zig titled Thriving in Every Economy. Many of you have called the Ziegler office in hopes you could purchase the entire series. Even though it's not for sale, I've got some really good news. We will share the entire recording with you over the next several Inspire podcasts. Let's turn up our speakers and get started with Zig Ziegler. So let's take a look, ladies and gentlemen, about this thing called synergy, because when you put it all together, everything feeds off of everything else. And that's so important. I love what Carl Bard said, because I don't know where you might be at this particular moment. But Carl Bard said, though, no one can go back and make a brand new start. Anyone can start from there and make a brand new ending. See, folks, failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday really did end last night. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. And if you don't think every day is important, you just try missing one of them. <laughs> every day is important. Every birthday is important. The new research conclusively proves that the more birthdays you have, the longer you're going to live. <laughs> that has been validated repeatedly. But how do you bring about balance? Why is it important? How can you tell if it is balanced? Well, a number of years ago, a young man, and here's where I want you to really look at your notes, and I want you to, as I ask a particular question, I want you to mark either plus or minus. A young man named Steve Walker sat in my office in Dallas, Texas. I generally don't do this. I don't do counseling. That's not my thing. I'm not trained for it. I really don't have time for it. Besides that, my tendency is to agree with whatever the last person I talked to told me. So that kind of creates some problems and disqualifies me as a counselor. But the young man had a good friend. The good friend from Toronto, it's where he lived at the moment, sent me a big check. And I do mean a big check. He said, my close friend has a serious problem. He's destroying his health. His family's falling apart. He has a role model that is a terrible role model. The only person I know that he respects is you. This check is yours. If you will spend one hour with him, I will fly him to Dallas. Well, now, wouldn't you love to have a friend like that? I sent the check back. I said, come on. When they walked in, uh, it took me probably 15 minutes to ask Steve. I said, Steve, I understand that your boss is your role model. I said, why? He said, because he's the most successful man I ever know, I've ever known. I said, well, Steve, now what do you consider success? This is what took about 15 minutes. Took him about 15 minutes and he didn't put them in the same order that I have them listed here. But he said, you know, ultimately, if a man is happy and healthy and at least reasonably prosperous and secure, and has friends and peace of mind and good family relationships and the hope that the future is going to be better, even better. He said, I'd say there's a successful person. I said, well, Steve, I want you to do something now and I want everybody listening to do something. As I go down this list, evaluate yourself. When I get to a happy, put either plus or minus. You can just put the little sign there. But it's most important. You know, a lot of people prefer never to evaluate themselves. They want to remain in denial. And a lot of people think denial is just a river in Egypt. 
but they're in denial because they don't evaluate things. So when it came to the list, I said, now, Steve, I understand that you leave home every morning about five or six o'clock. You get home every night at 10 or 11 o'clock. There's six days a week. On Sunday, you're so exhausted, you don't even feel like doing anything. Don't go to church. Don't do anything with the family. You sleep all day. He said, well, that's about true. I understand you've gone to sleep two or three times, driving back and forth to 30 miles to work. He said, yeah. And I understand that your health is not as good as you'd like for it to be. He said, that's also true. I said, well, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's evaluate your boss. You've been there three years. Or I think it was three years. You know him real well, so let's evaluate your boss. I said, how happy is your boss? And he thought for a second, he said, oh, I don't think he's happy at all. And I said, well, uh, why do you say that? He said, well, I've never heard him laugh and I seldom see him smile. Besides that, he's got ulcers. And I said, well, we'd certainly have to give him a minus on the happy, wouldn't we? He said, yep, now you grade yourself, please. He said, absolutely. I said, well, if he's got ulcers, do we give him a plus or a minus on his health? Oh, he said, man, uh, he's got them bad. I'd say that we give him a big old minus. I said, well, if he's got ulcers, where would we put him on peace of mind? He said, he doesn't have it. Let's give him a minus there then. I said, Steve, I've asked you one question. Of the eight things you want out of life, you consider successful. Your boss on one question failed three of them. I said, tell me about his prosperity. He said, man got money running out of his ears and he's making more every day. I said, okay, let's give him a big old plus on that one. I said, how secure is he? He said, well, he's as secure as money can make you. I said, Steve, we had a couple of billionaire brothers lived here in Dallas. They're bankrupt. How does your boss compare? <laughs> Man, he doesn't have that kind of money. Our ex-governor was worth over $100 million. He's now bankrupt. How does your boss compare? Man, he doesn't have that kind of money either. I said, well, would you be comfortable? Now, he equated security to having bucks in the bank and high corporate position. That was his security in his mind at that point. I said, uh, on security, would you be comfortable if I were to put just a question mark there? He said, oh, I think that's being more than fair. I said, okay, let's put a question mark. I said, how many friends does he have? He said, well, really, I don't think he has any. Tell you the truth, I'm not his friend. I just admire him a whole lot. Tell you the truth, the guy's somewhat of a jerk. I said, well, we're certainly going to put a minus on that one, aren't we? And he said, absolutely. I said, tell me about his family. He said, his wife's divorcing him. Well, I said, that tells us the answer to that one. I said, uh, how much hope does he have for the future? He said, well, before I started talking to you, I thought he had a lot. <laughs> but he said, now I don't think he's got any. I said, okay, we give him a minus on that. Now, I really hope you've been evaluating yourself. You're the only one that's going to see it. It's critically important for your future, your life, your family's life. I said, Steve... Of these eight things, your boss gets a minus on one, two, three, four, five, six. He gets a plus on one and a question mark on one. I asked Steve the same question I'm going to ask you right now. Knowing what you know, I said to Steve, would you swap places right now with your boss? About a three-second pause. He stood up. He extended his hand and said, no, I wouldn't. One of the reasons I'll never retire 
never quit doing what I'm doing as long as I'm effective. There's about five years later in Baltimore, Maryland, a young man came up to me and said, do you remember me? I said, to be honest, I don't. I have a brilliant memory, it's just awful short. And he said, I'm going to tell you one thing, then you will remember it. He said, I'm the young man that came down from Toronto with my friend who brought me. He said, you're Steve Walker. He said, that's right. He said, I want to show you something about real growth. He said, the wife and I mended all of the fences. You're talking about real growth. This little guy's three years old now. He said, I discovered I didn't have to work 80 hours a week. I could use my mind. You see, you have a physical limitation on just what you can do. But when you put to work the mind that God gave you and start organizing and planning and being committed and responsible, he said, uh, Zig, it made all the difference in the world. Uh, I carry this picture with me everywhere I go because this shows an entirely different Steve Walker, making considerably more money with a much better position, an infinitely happier life, because it is quite possible. As a matter of fact, more probable, as I've already said, ladies and gentlemen, that you can do these things and be successful. But it takes a game plan. Did a study at UCLA. Dave Jensen did the study. Of the people who attended these big success seminars for Peter Lowe that I have the privilege of speaking on all of them, and what he found was this. We had psychiatrists and truck drivers in attendance. We had the military. We had college professors and high school students. We had entrepreneurs, CEOs of big companies and uh, CEOs of little companies. We had men, women. We had every walk of life there. Those with an organized goals program. Everybody's got individual goals. Did you know bank robbers have goals? So do drug addicts and alcoholics. They have goals. But those with an organized goals program out of all of those uh, job descriptions, they earned an average of $7,401 a month. Those without a goals program earned an average of $3,397 a month. And the rest of the story is they were also happier and healthier and got along better with the folks at home. Balance in life is what I'm talking about. Well, Zig, I've been doing the same thing so long, and I'm 40 years old. Uh, I'm not certain that, that I could change. Well, my friend, I got good news for you. You can change, and change dramatically. You can make radical changes in minute steps. You know, earthquakes and hurricanes get all the publicity, but termites do more damage than both of them put together. And they take little bitty bites, but there's so many of them, and they take so many bites. Radical changes in minute steps. For 24 years of my adult life, by choice, I weighed well over 200 pounds. I say by choice because I've never accidentally eaten anything. <laughs> now, when I choose to eat too much, I have literally chosen to weigh too much. I tried every diet known to man during those 24 years. Tried the 30-day diet, lost a month. But I was determined, I mean, I was committed to losing that weight. I didn't quit eating in church. I mean, I did all. Finally, I realized I needed help. Went to see Dr. Ken Cooper. He put me on a sensible eating and exercise program. Up until then, my idea of exercise simply was to fill the tub, take a bath, pull the plug, and fight the current. I mean, that was it. But in 1972, 73, I lost the 37 pounds. What are the benefits? 
The benefits are three months ago, just before my 75th birthday, I stayed on the treadmill at the Cooper Clinic longer than I was able to stay when I was 45 years old, overweight and out of shape. Why did I mention that? I mention it because at your age right now, that's a perfect age to start over on a lot of things in life. Resting heart rate's 51. The cholesterol, the doctor said, was perfect. Now, what did I do? Sensible eating, regular exercise, but I did something else, and this is what brought the hope. I'm real good at arithmetic. Now, advanced math kind of, you know, buffaloes me, but at arithmetic, I am a whiz. I figured it all out right by myself. Didn't need any help on this one. I figured that if I just lost one and nine-tenths ounces a day, on average, every day for 10 months, at the end of the 10 months, I would have lost the 37 pounds I needed to lose. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what, I, what happened Today, after all of these years, I'm within one pound of the weight I achieved when I lost the weight. Why? Because I changed my lifestyle. Exercise regularly. I do a little weight lifting. I had to ease up on that. I was bulking up. A lot of folks thought I was on steroids, and you know, we can't, uh, <laughs> uh, well, we can't have that going on. But with it goes all of that extra energy. My self-talk changed. I used to, see, weight wasn't my problem. You know what my problem was? My problem was I saw myself as a fat boy. As a matter of fact, this will stun some of you. When my youngest daughter was about three years old, I taught her to call me fat boy. I knew I was because I had a picture of me laying on the diving board in my swimming pool. At least part of me was on the diving board. <laughs> I could look in the mirror. I could see. And as long as I had that picture, it didn't make any difference how much weight I lost. It's going to come right back. It wasn't until I worked on changing that picture and realized that I needed not only to be slender and in better health, but I deserved to be if I worked properly to do it. I discovered along the way that my body retains ice cream. <laughs> and that was one of the problems, you see. Today I don't eat any sweets at all, none. What difference does that make? Well, I've already told you what difference it makes. But when I started, and I'll talk about talking to yourself in a few minutes in a significant way. But you got to understand you can't change from a negative mindset to a positive mindset without changing from negative talking to positive talking. And to do that, you must change the input from negative to positive. You got to do that on your own. Automobile University, wonderful place for that to take place. See, we basically live in a negative society. We have negative expressions. The parents send the child off school and say, now don't you get run over. We bring out a loaf of bread and what do they call the first slice? First slice, what do they call it? The end. It's the beginning. It ain't, you know, every loaf of bread I've ever seen had two beginnings. You will be amazed in the future when somebody asks you if you want the end piece, you say, no, I want the beginning piece. It will, it will bring a smile to your face, a smile to theirs, and it begins that thought process of changing. We live in a negative cat-kicking world and there's so much of the negative input. We need to deliberately feed our minds with the good, the clean, the pure, the powerful, and the positive. We need to pick out associates that really are positive, optimistic, morally sound people. Now, I say morally sound because, you see, value determines behavior. 
Behavior determines reputation. Reputation determines advantages. And according to Laurel Cutter, vice chairman of FCB Lieber Katz Partners, that is the truth. Many years ago, I bought a new automobile from a man named Chuck Bellis. I'd never seen him. He sold me the automobile. It was a new Cadillac. He sold it to me in less than 10 minutes of negotiations because he had been working on me for over 20 years. Now, wait a minute. You just said you'd never seen him. I hadn't. But the man I talked to, I said, I'm looking for a new Cadillac. He said, go see Chuck Bellis because Chuck Bellis, whatever he tells you is the absolute truth. I'd already looked at two Cadillacs. I didn't go to look at another Cadillac. I went to buy Cadillac. His reputation sold me that car. That character is important. The integrity is going to make the difference in everything that you do. You see, with integrity, you do the right thing. When you do the right thing, there's no guilt. With integrity, you have nothing to fear because you have nothing to hide. And you think about it for a moment. With guilt and fear both removed from your shoulders, you can be your absolute best. Character does count. Everything is not relative. I know a lot of people say that. I've never yet talked to a businessman or woman who said they would hire an accountant or a treasurer who admitted that he or she was just relatively honest. When I get home, that beautiful red-headed wife of mine who's been my bride for over 55 years, I'll guarantee you, when I get home, she's not going to say, Honey, now tell me the truth. Were you relatively faithful to me while you were over in Tyler? Now, some things are right, some things are wrong. And when you can sleep knowing that what you have done is right, then you're going to be able to do a whole lot more. Emerson put it this way. He says, ability without honor has no value. And he said, if you would lift me up, you want to go up in your company? If you want to lift me up, you must be on higher ground. That's the key. You've got to be on higher ground. In this Inspire podcast, Zig tackles the issue of balance in our lives. A happy life does not just consist of one thing. You can be enormously wealthy but still not be happy. True happiness comes from not only having money, but also peace of mind, strong relationships, and hope in the future. If you didn't do this the first time, go back and listen to this podcast so you can rate yourself on all the key factors Zig used in his example. Remember, you can change who you are and where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.